AgriTalk is brought to you by Case IH. Solutions for every challenge, equipment for every farm. Case IH, built by farmers. And by propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. And by Grounded. Spray smarter and improve herbicide performance with Grounded, a multifunctional adjuvant from Helena. It was a push and pull kind of day in the soy complex. Prices were pulled lower by change in the weather forecast and then pushed back to the upside as the market refocused on the longer range weather. Livestock trade was on the defensive for most of the session with sellers rushing back into hog trade. Live Tuesday, 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 red hot market push pull action. Via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll chat with Rick Brock from the Brock Report. And directly following the news, BJ Split from AgMarket.net. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Lorry. Yeah, it was a tug of war kind uh-huh. of day. Yeah. Huh? That's that's kind of what I felt and, and, and saw in the soy complex. Mm-hmm. How you mm-hmm. doing, buddy? Everything okay? Really good. I just good. Uh, I just installed a brand new boom arm for my microphone. How do I sound? Do I sound good? You Testing s- one two. Testing. Your boom arm sounds great. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I'm very proud of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the good doctor. Yeah. Jim, Jim Smith, Smith. You bet. Was heard uh, uh, from again. Yeah, he says uh, for those of you that didn't hear the morning show, this is a good reason to go back and listen to the morning show. Uh, he says, quote, I'll write that in my dairy, end quote. <laughs> nice one, Davis Michelson. I'm really glad that came through the way it, way it was intended, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's my darty. I'll moo if I want to. <laughs> oh, That's right. terrible. That's, right. That's awesome. Terrible, terrible. Glad that you are with us. Welcome to AgriTalk. It is chilly. It is overcast. It's getting more overcast. Uh-huh. I don't know if we are supposed to get much rain or not, but the wind has started to blow. It's just, it's icky. Yeah, icky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that but is. 40, 45 degrees and like sort of medium sunshiny. It's like the sun isn't even really trying right now, you know? Yeah. Just like, eh, I'm here. What do you want yeah. from me? You know? Yeah, I'll tell you this. It's a lot colder here than it is in central Brazil. We'll talk yeah. about what's going on down there with uh, Rick Brock coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, for now, let's go ahead and get started with the news. What do you got? Well, Chip, wheat futures stretched gains throughout the session. December soft red winter wheat futures opened steady, found buying at slightly lower levels and pushed back to the upside. Front month SRW found a way to close above yesterday's high, setting the stage for a continued upside correction. Yesterday's low was within a penny of the September 29 contract low, and today's grind to the upside makes those lows look like a double bottom on the daily chart. Slight improvement in USDA's ratings of the winter wheat crop limited buying interest in wheat futures throughout the session. December HRW wheat futures five and a quarter cents higher, six fifteen and three quarters. December SRW wheat up eleven and one half cents, five fifty-five. December spring wheat closed at seven seventeen and one half. That's up ten and one quarter cents today, Chip. Yeah, December SRW wheat, it needed to show respect for that contract low, and it did today. I'm not sure how long that respect is going to last. We'll have to see how the market trades this week. 
Corn futures opened slightly lower but traded higher for much of the session. Corn pushed upward through uh, two session highs when the bean market was trading near the high of the day. The weather forecast for central Brazil continues to be a primary driver of day-to-day -day price action. The lack of a daily export sales announcement kept the market focused on the supply side of the market. This morning, pro-farmer crop consultant Dr. Michael Cordonier from Soybean and Corn Advisor left his Brazilian corn crop estimate at 121 million metric tons, but he's got a lower bias chip for the crop that's due to fewer Safrina corn acres. December corn futures were a half cent higher for 70, March corn up a penny and a half for 89, May corn closed at five bucks. That's up two and a quarter, Chip. Yeah, we had a great discussion this morning with Kirk Hins from BAMWX.com about the longer-term outlook for Brazil. Hot and dry in the central part of the country and still wet in the south. Well, Chip, Dr. Cordonier also left his Brazilian bean crop estimate unchanged from last week. But at his estimate of 158 million metric tons, the crop would equal last year's record. The El Nino pattern weather outlook is expected to limit selling in the soy complex for the near term. Soybean oil futures helped bean prices recover from a midday dip to the downside. Bean oil traded higher throughout the morning and accelerated its rally when crude oil futures erased losses. January soybean futures opened slightly lower and near session lows and closed mid-range and above 1375 for the first time since last Wednesday, Chip. January beans were a dime higher today, 1377 and one quarter. March beans up nine and three quarter cents to 1393. May beans closed at 1404 and three quarters. That's up nine and three quarter cents. Yeah, the recovery from that midday dip in bean prices. I'm going to ask BJ, uh, Brian Splick, coming up here in just a moment, just how important that was. Well, Chip, December cotton was 63 points lower today, 77.34. On your livestocks, December fat cattle futures opened uh, and closed at 175 as traders await direction from the cash, beef, and cattle markets. December live cattle futures down 47 and one half at 175 even. Feb futures down 57 and one half to 175.07 and one half. January feeders down a dollar 52 and a half to 228.32 and a half. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. real, real quick. Box beef trade this morning. The heavyweight choice graded boxes down 24 cents. That was on movement of 67 loads. Movement wasn't terrible, but mm -hmm. that lower bias is making it tough to generate much upside momentum in cattle trade. Well, Chip, December lean hogs gapped lower, then firm to fill the gap, then dropped like a rock to close <laughs> on session lows. December hogs 217.5 lower, 68.17, and Feb hogs down 272.5 to 72.32.5. Be better if they had filled that gap and then stayed up there. Am right. I right? Yeah, absolutely. Make the run to the upside. All right. Thank you, Davis. Let's bring yeah. in Brian Split from agmarket.net. How you doing, Brian? Doing great, Chip. How are you? Doing real fine, real fine. How important was the recovery in the bean market from the session lows? It felt like a, a must-have kind of move. Yeah, you know, we had the potential for a reversal lower uh, as fast as we came off those those early morning highs. And uh, really what we did is we went and revisited the, uh, the low that was made on the open last night, rechecked the 10-day moving average, and then saw the buying resume. So the fact that uh, we supported the 10-day, I think, shows the funds are still interested. And... Uh, we need to get through that 1398 and a half high. Um, and, and I think we need to really push through the high that we had this morning. It could look like a right shoulder on a head and shoulder top. 
in order to validate that, that high has to hold. And then we have to go and take out the lows from Monday session, which is all the way down at 1327. So that's 50 cents lower. Yeah. Uh, you got to do a lot of work just to get back down to that area, much less take it out. Uh, bean oil looks to me like it's got a head and shoulder bottom. Uh, we closed above the neckline of that pattern. And the objective there on the January contract would be a 50% retracement of the whole move from the July high to the November low. So that's 56.61. You got your 100-day moving average in that area as well. Uh, I'm also spying a potential right shoulder on a head and shoulder bottom on the hogs. Uh, Feb hogs had a major low in early October at 72.15, which we traded to 72.02. So we want to see some buying develop very early in the session tomorrow after today's big day down, you got to get above 78 in order to, to verify that p pattern there. Okay. All right. Um, yesterday's low in front month SRW wheat within a penny of the contract low, little recovery today, short-term respect or maybe a low. Yeah. Short-term respect. Um, yeah. you know, the fact that we made some new contract lows in, in the, uh, HRW yesterday makes it tough to trust, but both the SRW and the Minneapolis, we do have potential double bottoms. We know how uh, short the fund manager is in the, in the Minneapolis wheat yeah. record short. Yep. Good stuff, Brian. Thanks buddy. We'll talk to you uh, later and happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Likewise. Thanks Chip. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. That is Brian split agmarket.net. Okay, we've got Rick Brock, the Brock Report, coming up next here on AgriTalk. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hate all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us uh, this afternoon for a conversation with Rick Brock from the Brock Report. Rick, it's good to talk with you again. How are you? Uh, Chip, I'm great, and uh, always good to be with you here on Thanksgiving week, and uh, looks like uh, we should have a pleasant one. Yeah, yeah, uh, like I said, a little chilly, a little dark and dank here today, and we've got some wind blowing, but 
I think we'll make our way through it. It's boy, it's a lot different than down in central Brazil, isn't it? It certainly is. And of course the weather there is mixed and you got southern Brazil and northern Brazil and, and the two are, are not very uh, similar right now. And uh, it was interesting uh, in Drew Lerner's report this morning, he was comparing it to uh, two other marketing years, uh, the 15-16 marketing year and the 2021 uh, marketing year, and um, uh, both of which saw uh, witnessed some uh, significant cuts in production. And uh, so, you know, it's important right now. Their weather, of course, as I'm sure everyone knows, is it's like mid-May here. That's mm-hmm. the kind of where they're at in their production cycle. And so, you know, they've already lost some acres. And, I mean, it's not that it can't recover. You know, from mid-May on here, we can have some pretty big changes in our soybean production. So it's going to stay very volatile, I think. Yeah. At this point, at, at this point, I think it's, as much, if not more, of a corn story than it is a, a bean story, isn't it? Uh, that's true, um, and, and and I think that gave uh, the corn market a, a little support today. Uh, but, you know, this corn market's been stuck in a fifteen cent trading range now for several weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's just not going anywhere. And uh, the important thing I think for us to remember there is we're looking at a. Uh, about a 15.1% stocks to usage ratio. Uh, in, in the last 25 years, we've only been this high two other times. Uh, that was in 2018 and 2016. And in both of those years, corn averaged about 350 a bushel. And I, I don't get me wrong, I'm not predicting that's going to happen, but uh, but we've got a lot of corn hanging over the top of this market. And, and whatever happens in Brazil is not going to be enough to whittle at our numbers. You know, if you want to see, you know, corn prices like we did two years ago, you have to get the stocks to usage ratio down to about 9%. Well, that means you, you can't increase usage enough to do that in, in 12 months. And, uh, you know, we could have some stock or some production problems uh, this spring, which is always a possibility, but that would impact next year's crop, not this year's crop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not predicting a season average price at 350 is a lot different than not ruling it out. Uh, I, I, I would have a hard time imagining getting that December 24 or the, the, the 20, well, even the 23 crop. I, I'd have a hard time expecting an average price, even a weighted price of 350 on this 23 crop, more so for the 24 crop, but weirder things have happened. Haven't they, Rick? Yeah, they have, but I don't think anything like that's going to happen. You know, the USDA right now is uh, at 485 yeah. uh, for this year's average price. But I, I think what's important to recognize in the corn market is it's entirely different structure than two years ago. You know, we had went through two years with yeah. inverted corn prices, uh, i.e. the nearbys were trading uh, higher than the deferreds. That's no longer the case. I mean, this is a totally different market now. I mean, you have, for example, Dece corn today, December corn at, uh, let's call it 470 for easy calculation, and you have July at 510. Well, you know, this is starting to look like the marketing years between, uh, let's say, 2000 and um, and in 16 or 2015, uh, all the way up until 2019, early 2020, when the market went sideways and didn't do anything. Uh, I mean, the fear I have in this is we're just going to sit flat in the cash market and futures are just going to keep coming down to 
to meet the cash, which is what, what happened in, in like four or five years in a row. Yeah. Uh, because we've got to stay down here for a while to build up uh, a demand. I mean, laws yeah. of supply and yeah. demand still work. Uh, yep. That's why we're down where we're at right now. The price got too high and, and hurt usage considerably and hurt our exports considerably. Now we, we have to turn the process around and it's, it can be painful, uh, but you know it, it's still going to be uh, better than I think what it looks now. But And the good thing for listeners in, in your area, you look at that uh, north and, and north uh, western corner of Iowa mm-hmm. and the Dakotas and et cetera, just take a, uh, a a thought of how that business has changed in the last five years. Oh. You know, all the increased demand from poultry uh, when Costco came in and put in their plants and then started building barns. And you have increased um, uh, demand from the pork, and then you have all the ethanol plants there. So, yep. you know, we used to be looking at in an area like that where producers were having to sell corn at, at 50 and 60 under. And yeah. now, you know, you have the opportunities to sell it even with the board and a premium. So right. uh, it, it's a very favorable change. Right, right. That's a favorable change. But this carry market, a bear spread market. Uh, that that you've been talking about. How does a structure like that change how you go about marketing? Well, at, at this stage, you know, f- you have to hope that people sold a lot of corn in advance because I, I do think the opportunities are going to be relatively small uh, until we get into springtime. Um, you know, the the buyers are not completely covered, but they got a lot of corn bought uh, during the harvest season, and, and we're starting to see the basis levels improve. And so, you know, th- there'll be better chances of selling cash corn, I think, than, than what we're seeing today. But what we're doing is like, we like being short July corn. And I, I think that spread will come in. Uh, and, you know, I know a lot of uh, producers don't want to do that. Uh, but you could do it, the same thing through an HTA uh, at your local mm-hmm. uh, corn buyer. Uh, and, you know, there, there's going to be some opportunities there. But when you get in a market with this big of a supply, uh, the movements are going to be slow and, and, and painful. And so you just got to recognize this is not at all like last year or year before. Uh, the tide has turned here and you got to uh, look at selling the more deferred contracts uh, to lock in the carry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, does it take demand to change the structure of that market? It, it does, but you can't build demand quick enough. Uh, right. I'll give you an exa- example. Uh, we're, we're looking at increased demand in, in, in all three categories, feed, feed usage, uh, ethanol usage, uh, and exports. Larger numbers than what we had last year. But last year was very depressed. If you look at where we're at now compared to, say, where we were in 21, 22, we're, not, we're still not close back, getting close to those numbers. I feed demand back there is 5.7 billion bushels. We're at 5.6 this year. Export sports were at 2.47, and we're now at 2.0 compared to last year's 1.66. So, you know, it depends on what you want to make the comparison to, but uh, it will come back. I mean, low prices encourages demand, but it's painful. 
and uh, we'll get back there. I think the, the the key fundamental now is going to be with the price ratio of soybeans to corn right now, it favors soybeans in most areas. Now, we both know most producers would rather produce corn, and they're always slow to uh, drop corn acres and, and, and go to soybeans. But at this kind of a price ratio, we might see a bigger shift than, than normal uh, from corn to soybeans. And, uh, you know, that, that would be favorable. But yeah. the one other thing that's going to be favorable for corn acres this year is our input costs have, have dropped considerably. Sure. I mean, look what's happened to the price of uh, uh, of diesel fuel, uh, to the price of uh, ag chemicals down 60 to 70 percent in some areas. Uh, as is typical, the top of a, of a grain market, uh, a lot of suppliers got caught with high priced inventories. And so it's, it's a really depressing uh, market right now. Fertilizer prices are down and so you know we take a uh, start to penciling in the profits on corn and uh, you know it's it's not as good as it was the last two years but it still is going to be at a profitable level when you look at new crop corn prices right now yeah so what do you want to do with that uh, do you go at it, it if you are buying your inputs are you selling some 24 crop to to cover those costs I think you have to. Yeah. You know, the old rule of thumb, when in doubt, if prices are profitable, sell something and hope you're wrong. You know, yeah. that keeps people in business. And you're looking at these 24 corn right now at 515. And you're looking at, uh, yeah, these 24. Uh, and so, you know, those, that's not a, a horrible price. Obviously, not as good as what we were looking at a year ago. Uh, you look at March uh, uh, corn for 25, we're at 512. Um, you know, I, I just don't see a lot of potential on the upside for that level, although I don't want to be a heavier seller here, but I think a person has to have something sold. Uh, we're, we're sitting officially uh, at only 15% sold in cash, but we do have a hedge on in the March futures on 20%. So we're 35% priced. Uh, yeah. For those more distant contracts, yep. and good, you know, I just I just think it's a good place to get started. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, we're in the middle of a conversation with Rick Brock from the Brock Report. I want to talk general economy. I want to talk consumer trends. I want to talk about what you expect from the ag markets through the end of the year, Rick. We're going to do that next here on AgriTalk. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes, where December hard red winter wheat futures were five and one quarter cents higher at 6.15 and three quarters. December soft red wheat up 11 and one half cents at 5.55. December corn futures were one half cent higher at 4.70. March corn up a penny and a half to 4.89. January soybean futures were a dime higher at 13.77 and a quarter. March beans up nine and three quarter cents to thirteen ninety three. December cotton sixty three points lower seventy seven thirty four. On your livestock, December fat cattle futures down forty seven and one half cents at one hundred seventy five. Even January feeder futures off a buck fifty two and a half to two twenty eight thirty two and a half. And December lean hog futures two seventeen and one half lower at sixty eight seventeen. Get more market news every market day. Go to tryprofarmer.com. My mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah. 
Her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad that you're with us. Davis is around here someplace, and we are... I'm here as well. Yes, and uh, we are in the middle of a conversation with Rick Brock from the Brock Report Rick, uh, your seminar season, when do you get things started? Yeah, we, um, we've we done this for 40 years now or more, and uh, we're going to be close to your area. We uh, do half-day meetings uh, in December. Uh, we start on December 4th in Bloomington, Illinois, then on the 5th in Lafayette, Indiana. Then we work up to around you. We're in Davenport, Iowa on December 11th, Buffalo Center. Uh, on the 12th we hit some of the really big hot spots that's right sleepy eye sleepy eye minnesota on the 13th so (laughs) um and we always have great turnouts at those towns believe it or not and yeah and then sioux falls south dakota on the 14th but if anybody's interested they can just go to uh our seminar websites www.brockseminars.com and um, they can register there or they can pick up our phone number there and give us a call. But uh, we'll have some some really good attendance at all those meetings. And there's certainly a lot to talk about. And we'll cover not only the markets, but farmland uh, prices uh, and the weather as well. Yeah, yeah. That's a simple one right there. I like that. www.brockseminars.com. Um, and news. You, I, I know that you guys spend a lot of time talking about global events and general economy at your seminars and what do you make of uh what is it miley or miley uh the new president down in argentina president-elect yeah i think uh you know he's um he's an extremist um he's as a right-wing libertarian and I mean, what's what's scary about it is it's not just there; it's our own country. I mean, how do a lot of these politicians get elected? I mean, it's 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 frightening, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's a frightening one. And so one of the things he's uh, suggesting, and I don't think any of this will happen, but he's wanting to lower the taxes and he's wanting to lower uh, the tariffs on on their agricultural exports, which would um, you know open some floodgates. And so I don't think he'll do that because the country needs needs the money. Uh, but he he is an extremist. I mean, he he would make Donald Trump Trump look like a a moderate, and uh, and so Rick, it's uh, 
you know, it, it's it, it's kind of surprising that he got elected, I think. But well, it is what it is. I've seen him referred to as an anarcho-capitalist. Have you seen that? Right. I'm not sure what that even means. <laughs> An- I, I I guess I'm pulling anarchy out of the anarcho part. Maybe that's wrong. Yeah. You know? No, he's um, th- and that would be a, probably a correct description of him. I mean, he he thinks more like a capitalist than a socialist, uh, which has not really been the case in Argentina. And uh, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, I think the other thing we need to stay focused on is Argentina, when it comes to the world market, is nothing the size of Brazil. Uh, Brazil's where all uh, our competition comes from, not really Argentina. And so I, I don't think it's going to change anything uh, at all as far as uh, U.S. farmers. And I think, you know, as we go from now to the year end, I think our economy, I mean, a lot of people haven't been paying attention in this month, just since the 1st of November. Um, the uh, S&P 500 is up 10% in value. Uh, I mean, this market has gained so much value in just the last uh, three, four weeks. It's it's truly uh, one of the biggest bull markets in, in one month, I think we've seen in yeah. years. And and so there's a lot of wealth out there. And, you know, uh, and you take a look at the amount of money this government is spending. I mean, it, it's it's where is the cash and, and who what do people want to do with it? And so yeah. we're still seeing, you know, still seeing strong housing prices, uh, even with the higher mortgage rates. But yeah. part of that's due to the fact that anybody that bought a home three years ago or earlier, they, they don't want to walk away from a three percent mortgage exactly. or less and redo an 8% mortgage. So uh, it's somewhat of an artificial support, I think, in the housing market. Uh, And then, you know, switch gears more important to to most of us is we take a look at at farmland values. And we have seen some sales that have have softened a little bit, particularly in Indiana. Uh, A large one happened about a month ago, and it came in less than what most of us expected. Um, And, but, but, all in all, uh, farmland prices are going to stay strong because uh, there's just been so much wealth developed in, in rural areas yeah. uh, in the last 10 years. It's just, it, it's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. And so, you know, the, and, and farmers still have access to a lot of money. So I don't, I don't see much of the downside in, in land values. And uh, and again, I think producers are going to have some good buying opportunities on, on farm inputs between now and, and year-end. And, uh, you know, the only area that might be a little bit soft is I think if these kind of prices, pr- some producers are going to get a little concerned about spending a lot of money on high priced equipment uh, at, at these kind of price levels. Uh, but, you know, the, but that'll that'll stay strong as well. But I, I'm not sure it's going to be as strong as it was the last two years. OK. All right. Let's broaden that back out to the general economy and consumer trends. I'm looking at beef demand in particular. Rick, what are your thoughts? Well, per capita consumption of beef has dropped quite a bit in the last 18 months. And I don't see that turning around at all. But I do think cattle prices have discounted most of that at, at this level. Uh, I, I think we're going to see, depending on what happens to the price of corn, if corn stays flat to lower, demand for feeder cattle is going to perk, perk back up and, and be really strong. And you can't buy feeder cattle right now and lock in a profit. I think that's no. always been almost throughout history. Uh, but now it's even more concerning. So, you know, it, it's hard to imagine we're going to get a bull market in, in cattle with inventories the way they are. Uh, but I, I'd rather look at it and say, okay, we're probably closer to a bottom than anything else. And and so I would not want to be 
short uh, futures in in a, in a cattle. Okay. Hogs, I think, are an entirely different situation. We went uh, very heavily hedged in hogs a week ago, twenty five percent for the next twelve months, which is heavy for us. We don't normally go any heavier than that in pork, and I'm just concerned that uh, the demand side there is uh, going to soften. Exports have been uh, not very favorable because China has a lot of pork now. now they're trying to figure how to cut back on their own herd. And so they don't need to be buying pork from us right now. And that was the real driver a few years ago when they uh, got uh, swine diseases yep. and had to liquidate a lot of the herd. But right now, their numbers are up and they're up big. Okay. So even here in the low 70s, you want to be, you're, you're hedged up on, on hogs in the Feb? Yeah, we are. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think it's hard to predict in pork where the futures market's going to go. It's like we always joke growing up on a farm in Indiana, you know, hogs trade like they drive. You know, you never know exactly what direction they're going to go. And But there are some technical indicators that we use that have been uh, very successful uh, over the years. They don't work all the time, but they work 75% of the time. And, and they're all short right now. And so, you know, you just go with the flow. And, you know, the what's the futures price, particularly in pork, uh, starts in a direction. That it normally stays in that direction for a while. And I, I just don't think that uh, that we found a bottom in this market yet. Okay. And, and that's a little bit concerning. The other industry that's really in, in a world of hurt right now, so I feel sorry for a lot of the dairy producers. Oh, yeah. If you follow the price of milk, I mean, it's it's not been good at all. And no. and buying the insurance policies that doesn't really help that much. And so right. it's, it's, it's a tough business right now. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on acres and a, it, the potential for a battle between corn and soybeans for acres. Do, right now we're looking at Deese corn. I think, well, what did we see earlier? 515 uh, on that. November beans, 24 contract, uh, around 1315. So 2.55 to 1 on that that uh bean that that corn to bean price ratio yeah can we can we move a bunch of acres we won't move a bunch but uh you know we can move three to five million acres i mean we planted 174 and a half million acres of corn uh this year uh you know i i don't think we see anything extreme uh you know maybe you could take off two million acres be more realistic so down to 172 and a half and I think the other thing that, that a lot of people are going to be optimistic about, though, right or wrong, is they're going to be optimistic on the price of soybeans with renewable diesel and the weather in South America. So I think it has a lot of producers leaning towards the beans a little bit more. But with input prices and corn being down, it's going to offset a lot of that. And uh, so, you know, whenever we think there's going to be a big shift, there rarely is. Uh, big shifts normally occur if there's a huge change in, in agriculture policy that would support one over the other one. And we're not going to see that uh, between now and spring. So I, I think we're going to look at some some fairly modest uh, uh, switches. And uh, again, I, I'd be surprised if it's more than two, two and a half million acres. Okay. You you said that you're 35% covered in, in whole on 24 crop corn crop right now. Have you done anything on the beans? Yeah, we're actually sitting at 35% on the beans. 
Okay. I think we're going to look back at this rally in beans and recognize this is a supply-driven bull market caused by a shortage of supply in Brazil. Supply-driven bull markets always peak early. And so, you know, this market's already discounted, we think, a lot of that uh, of that news. Uh, and the more important thing is, too, if you take a look, like I like the September beans for a new crop bid because it's trading at a 32 cent premium uh, to okay. the November. And I think that'll come in. And you've got a triple top in, in the uh, September contract now at about 1340, just under that. Uh, so the next two days, Chip, are going to be really significant in the bean market. If we can bust through there uh, anytime uh, tomorrow or Friday in, in a shortened trading session or Monday uh, and, and go into new highs, then I would say, okay, hold off. And a person may want to wait and see if that happens. But if you close uh, September beans under uh, 1320, uh, which is about 13 cents uh, below today's close, then you know, I, I think you have to have something sold. But uh, you know, again, you could be patient and wait and see if we break through into new highs here in the next two days. Gotcha. Rick, always enjoy the conversations. Very happy Thanksgiving to you. Chip, the same to you. Have a nice Thanksgiving. You bet. Thank you. That is Rick Brock, the Brock Report. Davis and I will be right back to wrap things up here in a moment. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. I don't know what you're thinking. So call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. It's a Tuesday afternoon somewhere. <laughs> Chip Flory standing by. Yeah. Um, we just had a great conversation with Rick Brock from the Brock Report. Um, mm -hmm. Along the way, he referenced, I don't want to get hung up here, but along the way he referenced um, inputs prices. And while, yeah, I thought maybe let's just take a quick snapshot. I've got some updated. I was hoping you would. I've got some updated numbers here, and I haven't done any math on these. I'm just reading them, okay? But it'll, it'll give us a picture. I've got anhydrous ammonia in uh, Illinois up $34. I mean, if we just want to talk directions, uh, here's map, up $29. Up 34 from when? Up 34 over two weeks. 
So okay. this is as of eleven fourteen. So this is a week old. Okay. They do every two weeks. Okay. When this is when this comes out. Uh, so we're at eight twenty four per short ton in Illinois on anhydrous. Um, looks like Iowa is at eight forty eighteen. That's up seven forty five. But I've got urea in Iowa up over a hundred bucks over the two week period. Five ninety one sixty seven there. Okay. Uh twenty eight percent is up at three eighty three seventy five. That doesn't seem too bad. Um, and then you've got your phosphates, DAP at seven eleven, MAP at seven fifty three, both of them up about five or six bucks on the week. Potash up twenty one sixty. I just saw that. Five twenty three forty two there. So I guess my thought is, okay, yeah, they're definitely cheaper than they were a year ago. Um, but really there's no substitute for high returns on investment. No. Fair statement? Oh yeah. And there are ways very to, fair. Ways to do that even if input prices aren't cheap. It's not easy. Yeah. Um and so one of those ways is to, you know, do the stuff on paper. He was talking about short July corn um yep. or an HTA as a potential right. alternative to right. that short position. What are your right. thoughts? Well and and you know, an HDA is just the elevator establishing a, a short position in futures on your behalf. Uh, we got we got to remember that. So when you do when you use an HDA or sell futures, you are locking in a price but leaving basis open. So the reason that Rick is looking all the way out to the July contract to do that is because of the structure of the market. It's a bear spread market. It's a carry market. Uh, and going all the way out to July allows you to care, capture most of that carry. Uh, some might argue that staying a little closer and and doing either one of those strategies, uh, a hedge in May futures or an HDA in May futures uh, for May delivery might make a little more sense. But I don't know a lot of guys that like to spend all their time hauling corn in may right. when they should be planting corn right so right. if that hda is your choice uh then then uh maybe slide it out to that july contract hdas they they are a cash market tool hedge to arrive is what it stands for it's a cash market tool and as i said that the elevator will establish a short position in futures on your behalf to lock in the price basis remains open you have to lock in basis at some point after establishing the hta and that will give you your net selling price okay there's always a fee there is always a fee now typically you would do it when basis stinks it price might be good but basis stinks, and uh, if you've got a bit of a bearish attitude towards the market, uh, you can anticipate that the futures price is going to go down and basis is going to return to at least normal levels. Well, we're probably at least normal levels or average levels uh, in a lot of locations right now and maybe even a little bit better. But by establishing the HDA, it gives us just a little bit more time to sort things out before you lock in that basis. Uh, the other thing that, that obviously is, is we're hearing quite a bit about 
on HCAs right now is the increased cost or fee, elevator fee, for establishing that HDA. Uh, low interest rate environments, it's three to four cents a bushel. Hmm. That's that's what it was. We're not in low interest rate <laughs> environment any longer. No. And the fee to establish the HDA is at least seven cents, mostly eight cents, and there are some nine cent fees out there. Uh, the elevators are, are trying to explain, and I think this... I I I don't think there's anything, you know, kooky going on here. It's higher interest rates. Uh, mm-hmm. Those those elevators, they there is a cost to them for establishing that futures position on your behalf, and they are passing on at least a portion, at least sure. a sure. portion yeah. of that cost through the higher fees. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other quick point that Rick made, 15.1% stocks-to-use ratio in corn in 2018. He was not predicting this, but in 2018, that meant 350-ish corn. I didn't check that, but that's that sounds about right. Uh, I wonder what that might do for bean growers. Well, if we would, you know, we can't forget. When I when we were out on crop tour, mm-hmm. I mean, I, there I was talking – I knew that we were still looking at a good corn crop, right? I mean, we talked about it yeah. every day. We did. I loved it. Um, and and the fact that it was still a good corn crop is, I said a couple of times, it sure feels like this market's going to have a $3 handle mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still won't rule that out. A season average price at three fifty doesn't seem likely. But uh, I can't rule out seeing a... A three dollar handle in corn mm-hmm. at some point. I I know. I you just can't rule that out. Yep. Now, if things continue to go downhill for the Brazilian corn crop, that three dollar handle is becoming less and less and less likely every day. So mm-hmm. need to keep that in mind too. All right, National Weather Service six to ten day outlook. This is for November twenty seventh to December one. Wow. Below normal temperatures expected over the Corn Belt. Uh, relatively low odds on it, but still below normal temperatures. And below normal precipitation also expected over the entire Corn Belt. Thank you for listening this afternoon. Tomorrow morning, Paul Hughes, S&P Global Commodity Insight and Farmer Forum with Tim from Iowa and Steve from Illinois right here on Agritalk.